Maddie. Adele violently shakes out another black bin liner. Where the hell was Maddie? She scans the campsite, looking for her sister through the bone-coloured bell tents and artfully rusted camper vans, staggering closer, wearing last night's clothes and a blank expression. But all she sees are a few casualties from the Midsummer's Eve revelries lying on the ground where they'd passed out the night before, smoke from dying fires drifting across them like gun smoke from a lost battle. It's a mess. It was always going to be a mess, and it all needs cleaning up before eleven when the council refuse Laurie arrives. That's why she'd asked her older and supposedly wiser sister to help this morning, why she'd allowed her to crash on her floor in exchange for a promise that she would help with the post-Midsummer's Eve clear-up. And yet, here, she very much was not. Adele wrenches the lid off one of the bins, her long brown hair scraped back and already sticking to her skin with the rising heat of the day. Her thin, wiry body, nut-brown from having to work outside all summer. She recoils at the stench that billows out along with a squadron of angry flies, then violently twists the top of the bag into a knot, imagining it's Maddie's neck. I'll be there, Maddie had said. I won't stay out long, but I promise to meet someone. Adele lifts the heavy, stinking bag out of the bin and dumps it on the ground ready to be picked up by the honey wagon, an old, repurposed electric milk float Maddie should be driving, but obviously isn't because she's not here. She fits a new liner into the bin and lets the lid fall with a loud bang. Movement catches her eye in a dark pool of shadow beneath a sycamore tree, as a man wearing a cinderman costume of charcoal blackened sacking lifts his head, roused by the sound of the banging bin. Morning, Adele calls to him, loud and bright. He winces, as if the word is made of sharp metal, then looks up, eyes screwed tight against the brightness, trying to remember how he ended up under this tree. He looks so wretched with bits of twig and leaves in the greasy tangle of his hair that Adele pulls the bottle of water from her belt and tosses it over. Drink, she commands. He reaches to pick it up, spots a puddle of puke on the grass nearby with flies lined up along the edge of it and turns away, blowing his cheeks out as if he's about to add to it. He unscrews the cap and takes a tiny sip of water before lying slowly back down on the ground, hugging the bottle to his chest. Adele yanks another bin liner from her belt and marches past him, heading to the next overflowing bin that needs emptying, scanning the campsite for Maddie again as she works the phone from her pocket. No missed calls, no texts. She taps the screen to unlock it, but it won't respond to her fingers inside the rubber glove, so she shakes her hand violently until the glove flies off, finds the last number she dialed, and calls it again, her fingers leaving steamy fingerprints on the screen. She holds the phone to her ear and screws her nose up against the foul smell of rubber and rotting garbage coming from her hand. Hey, leave me a message and I'll call you back. Maddie's smiling, childish-sounding voice cuts in without it ringing, which shows that her phone is still switched off. 
Adele disconnects without leaving a message because she's left several already and scrolls through her contacts instead, looking for the names of people who might have been with Maddie last night, or might still be with her, or might at least know where she got to. She spots a contact for Ronan, one of Maddie's ex-boyfriends, and taps the contact to call him. Again, voicemail cuts in without it even ringing, because of course all of Maddie's loser friends will still be sleeping off their hangovers this morning.'